You are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. Expectation. Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected, okay? So you put that there, and let me ask you a question. What, is, what do you think of when I say expect the unexpected? Come on, guys. What do you think of? Expect the unexpected. Surprise? Is it good? Is it bad? It's good. Okay, we're in the company of believers. Just like the last service, it's all good when it's unexpected. Well, you know what? <clears throat> I have a story for you. I was in Papua New Guinea about a month ago, and um, I didn't know quite what to expect. I'd heard some, some things about Papua New Guinea, but I felt the peace of God, so I went there, and um, I got off the airplane, and I was kind of feeling a little bit, you know, as you are when you visit a place for the first time, and I came out of the tube from the, the airplane out in the tarback, and right there as I got out, it's this big sign that says, Welcome to Papua New Guinea, the land of the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. And I thought, I want to go back where it's more fun. It's more fun in the Philippines. Expect the unexpected? I don't know about this. And then I started thinking, expect the unexpected. Now, oh my goodness, this is going to be an interesting trip. I'm saying, Lord, I'm glad you're with me. Because if not, unexpected things are not nice. But when you can expect the unexpected and know that it's good, that's only in the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you today that when the unexpected happens, when God is a part of your life, you can be sure that it's always because something greater is coming. Unexpected things in the kingdom of God do not mean things are going wrong. It means something greater is coming. So when we say expect the unexpected, you know, sometimes we have expectations in life. Sometimes as great expectations come, the standard gets set and we have this vision of where God is taking us. But in and of our own strength, it's limited. Our vision is limited. And what happens is, as we begin to go, unexpecteds happen. But today, I want you to be sure that when unexpected happens from today forward, you will not look at it the same. Amen? So that's where we're going. Are you guys with me? Are you ready to pull from heaven today? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. Like I said, we're picking up from last week, so we're going to start with God's butt again. Remember God's butt? If it comes in, it moves all the other butts out of the way. Somebody's laughing. That's good. Good start. One person has got my joke. Okay. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Are you loved today? Are you the beloved? Even when we are dead in our trespasses and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not that it's of yourself, it is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I love this verse. We, I've been in this verse for so many weeks, but it's, it's just the gospel. We can't earn it. When we didn't deserve it, he counted us worthy, and he sent Jesus. And through him, we have access to everything that God has prepared for us. Amen? By grace, by faith, we have access into his grace. Amen? And it's not of works. So we're all in the same plane. 
Amen. But you know what? This is what God has really been sharing with me, that it's his great love that sent Jesus, right? And it's, you know, I believe that God really wants to blow the limits off of what we know as the body of Christ, of how we know and how we see God's love in our own lives. God wants to expand our vision of his love. You know, we've, we've heard many things said about the love of God, right? But it, it's time that we move into, we, we see, we raise the roof, so to speak, when it comes to the way that God is going to love us, each and every one of us in our life. Let me say it like this. You know, the Bible talks a lot about having the faith like a child, right? Well, you know, interesting, I don't know for you as a kid, but for me as a kid, growing up in America, in um, a farming community, there's something that's very important to American people, and it's their truck, their pickup truck, okay? On the farm, the pickup truck is king, okay? And as a kid, you know, my dad's truck was always bigger than everyone else's dad's truck. If you wanted to talk bad about my dad or his truck, I would just know that my dad's truck's going to run over your dad's truck. I don't know if it's like that for you. Maybe for you, I don't know, you guys like food, right? So maybe it's your mom's cooking. When your friend would say, hey, did you, did you taste my mom's adobo or my peanut bet or whatever else you eat in your houses? Am I, am I getting better? <laughs> I'm learning. And I don't know what you, what you eat, but you might say, oh, yeah, your mom's was good, but it doesn't compare to my mom's. My mom's cooking is always better. Amen. Well, you know what? Our daddy God is so much better than we have any idea. And his truck is always bigger than whatever truck comes in your life. You need to understand something. You need to start to have a mentality that God is always greater. That he's always doing something great in your life. Just like a kid knows that there's nothing his dad can't handle. Let me tell you something. Start having the faith like a child. There's nothing your God cannot handle. If he puts you in a position, that's because he's going to bring breakthrough through your life. Amen. So his love, nothing can stop his love. It's the greatest force in the universe, and it's pointed towards each and every one of you, his children. Are you getting me? We We must begin to expect from God's love in a greater measure. Let's raise the roof on what God can do through our lives. Let's begin to dream again, church. Why are we expanding this year? Why is it the year of expansion? Because God wants to do more. He wants you to see greater things. If he's going to do more in this house, he's got to get you to see greater. Because it's going to come through you. The expansion of this house is limited to the vision of the people of the house. Because you are the part of what everything that God does. Everything he does has to come through you and I. So we must be able to see his plans. And I, I, I believe God wants to just blow your minds about what he wants to do, not only in this house, but also in our city. He wants to use you to change the city. There's issues, there's problems. Oh, for number one, traffic. Can we be honest in church? Did anyone have a hard time with traffic? I'm, I'm tired of traffic. And I believe God could give a solution through one of his children that could help with this issue. Start to dream. Think outside the box. God wants to do things through you that you've never even dreamed or imagined. It's because of his love. And it's because of where he has planted you. Amen.
Am I speaking to someone or just myself? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 26. This is, tell your neighbor, this is, this is speaking to you. For the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and shall keep your foot from being caught in a trap or some hidden danger. How many of you know God sees ahead? He knows where he's taking you. You don't have to know everything. He knows the way. He's been there. He's passed that way before. He wrote your story. Amen? Verse 27, still talking to you. Withhold not good from those whom it is due, its rightful owners, when it is in your power, when it, when it is in the power of your hand to do it. Verse 28, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Now, this is a proverb. This is speaking to you and I. It's saying when it's rightful, when something is right for your neighbor, then you should give it what is right to your neighbor. And when you have it to give, don't tell them to come back another day. You give it to them when they're there in front of you. If God gives us instruction as his children to be this way, how much more our heavenly father? He's not holding out on you, church. He's not waiting for another day to give it. When it's right for you, when it's the right time, when it's his ordained purpose for your life, it will be there. When you need it, it will be there. Let me say this very clear. God is not holding out on you. He's not holding back. His plans and purposes will come to pass in your life. Maybe there's some unexpected things happening, but it hasn't changed God's plan. And he's not surprised. Amen. Psalms 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Tell your neighbor that's you. Because of Christ, we can say that we are the righteous ones. Because we trust in him and not in our own works, not in our own efforts. We know that God's not withholding from us as his children. That's why we always need to identify ourselves with Christ. We don't want to work this life on our own strength. It will wear us out. We don't want that. But we will always feel empowered when we allow Christ to live through us. When we live our lives through him. Amen. Romans 8.32 if he did not spare his own son, but delivered us, him up for us all, how, will, how shall he, not with him, freely give us all things? Was there a price? Yes, the highest price in the universe, his blood. But is it free to you and I? It's free for those who believe. If you believe, anything's possible. Because Jesus, he paid for it 2,000 years ago. He paid the highest price. And it's time that sons and daughters in the kingdom begin to walk in those things that he has already paid for. He's already paid for them. It's a done deal. It's a finished work. He doesn't have to do any more. Be ready to receive. Today is your day. Amen. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2 now. In verse 10 in the Amplified. We're getting somewhere. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us taking the past which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. 
living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, I like good works. Anybody like a good work? I like doing stuff. But it's better when I don't do it on my own strength. Because when you do it with God, you're free to enjoy. You're free to live. And God wants us free. He doesn't want things weighing us down. He doesn't want things binding us. He wants us to be free. And you know what? He wants us to enjoy life. Don't ever let anyone tell you that life with God is boring. No way. It's exciting. There's unexpected things all the time. But that's the exciting part because it's always getting better. It's always going up. Amen? So there's a good life that he's prearranged, predestined, and there's good works. You know, there's something that I really want to encourage you with. It's one thing to have expectations to enjoy life, and it's good. We should have an expectation for those things that we believe that would help us to enjoy life. You know, houses, cars, these things, they're good, and there's nothing wrong with it, okay? But I want to bring you to a little bit higher place today. Let's have expectations for the things connected to the good works that God has prepared for us. Let's not just stop with the things we want for enjoying life, although they will come, although they are part of God's plan, but let's connect our expectation to the good works that he has prepared for us. Because when we do that, it's going to raise our level of expectation. Because why? We're tapping into the heart of God for humanity through our lives. Because the good works that God has predestined for us, they always include other people. They don't just include ourselves. Now, will we walk in blessings that God gives us that just include ourselves? Yes. God wants us to enjoy our lives. He's not against prosperity. He's not against these things, but he doesn't want it to pull you away from his plan and his purpose for you. And when you understand how powerful what I am saying is, I'm telling you, the unexpected things, the things that you're not even thinking about or praying for, these will be the things that you didn't even realize you desired that God will surprise you with. These will be unexpected surprises that come because you're so, you're so, you know, you have your level of expectation towards God. I want your plans and purposes. And as you set your heart to his heart and hit what his plans and purposes are, I'm telling you, he's going to set his heart to bring your desires. Even the ones you didn't even ask for dream or imagine that's when those things will overtake you. Am I making sense? God is good. The unexpected things of God will show up in your life as you begin to expect God works in your life. You know, I like to, um, well, not necessarily like, but sometimes I like to climb mountains and, and do jungle walking in the Philippines. Any, any jungle walkers in here? Yeah? Oh, we got one in the back. All right. Hand real high. I like that. You know, I've had some interesting times in the jungle, but it's taught me a few things. You need to take a few things with you if you're going to walk on a path in a jungle, okay? And it got me thinking about the message and about the path that God is taking us on. And I've been in some jungle walks where it's taken a little bit longer and there's been some things I wasn't expecting. And so, you know, I've realized that you need to come prepared. But if there's two main things you could take on a jungle walk with you, what would they be? Water, very good. That's number one. So smart. Must have been at the last service. <laughs> How about number two? Any, any ideas? 
Oh, must have been at the last service. Nice job. We have some smart people in the front row. Water and flashlight. Yeah, two very good ideas. Exactly what I thought of. You take a water, you take water in case you need a drink, and you take a flashlight in case it gets dark before you get to where you're going. It's always good to have a light to see where you're going. Otherwise, it's dangerous. And you need water to stay alive. Amen? Well, water is oftentimes in Scripture like the Word of God. It's the one that washes us, right? It's the one that keeps us away from the contaminations of the world. The one that can keep our mind on the path that God has for us. Watch this. Psalms 119.105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Very interesting. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now God is bringing the two into one. He's saying when you walk with my word, it's going to illuminate your path. It's not only a lamp to my feet, but it's a light unto my path. Why? Because God sees beyond what you can see. He sees different things than you can see about yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself. He created you. And so if you feel lost in your situation today, let me encourage you. You're only as close to getting back on track as you can pick up your Bible and begin to see what Jesus says about you. Because when you see what he says about you, it's going to put you right back on track. Because there's nothing, no place in the world, no hole that you can be in, no path that you could be off. There's no place you could go, no dungeon too deep that God cannot bring you out of. He and his word will always bring you out and put you right back on the path that he has for you. Nothing can disqualify you from God's plan in your life. Step into God's word today and put it in your heart and allow it to illuminate the path that he has for you. He will all, his word will always lead you to good works. The things that he has prepared for you before the foundation of the world. He had you in mind. He knew about you. He created you for a very specific purpose. And that is where his word comes in. We cannot discover these purposes in and of ourselves. We need his word. And just like when we go for a hike, I can't use what I used for my last hike for the next one. I need fresh revelation. I need to continue to hear and hear. I need something for every day because every day has new challenges. Continue to hear and hear the good news. And what does it do? It keeps you on the path of righteousness. It keeps you on the path of those things that God has preordained for you. Amen. You know, in Luke Chapter 15, there's, um, it's a, a beautiful passage where it has some parables that Jesus talked about. A lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. Okay, and in these parables, you're going to see that the, the, three, uh, the three-part nature of God is really revealed. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is for another time you can read this, okay, on your own. But amazing Um, truths there and amazing things to draw out of those parables that you can see the different facets of God, okay, and the way that he works as a loving father, as Jesus' son. And then the one I want to draw out to you is the lost coin. If you remember the lost coin, the woman had 10 coins and she lost one, right? And the Bible says, isn't it that she lights a lamp and she searches her house until she finds it? What is the lamp? It's a picture of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that helps us search. He is the light that takes the word of God and makes it alive for our individual life. You see, Carlo can read 
the Word of God for his life, and the Holy Spirit can illuminate it how he needs it, the very same Scripture, then I can read the same Scripture and something totally different can illuminate to me and help me in my walk. How is this possible? Because of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that makes what the words of God are alive to us. He's the one that takes from what is the Father and He reveals it to us. He's the one that gives us the revelation we need at the moment that we need it. That's why He's our helper. That's why He's the great light that goes with us wherever we go. He is the lamp. But let me tell you something for those people who really want to explore what God has for them. He can only illuminate the things that are on the inside of you. You want to raise your expectation? Put some seed inside of you. Continue to hear. Allow things to be deposited here. Because when they're here, they will be here. When God puts it here, the Holy Spirit can use it to illuminate. You never know when you're going to need it. You don't know how to pack for the journey in and of your own strength. But God knows. And that's why he has you planted. If this is your church, praise God. Because you're hearing the good news about Jesus. Seeds are being planted in you. And it's for a very specific purpose. Because what God has for you, it's directly connected to the words that you hear here. Because when you go out there, we're not with you. But the Holy Spirit is. And he can illuminate what it is you need wherever you are. How beautiful. The plan of God. How individual. How each and every part joint supplies. How God uses and illuminates his words differently through each and every one of us. Tell your neighbor, I need you. It's a blessing to be in community, amen? Psalms chapter 36 and verse 8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. You want to see more about what God has for you? Get into his word. Allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate. You will begin to see further. You will begin to see more of what he has. If you're not happy with the vision you have for your life right now, get in the word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring it because this will birth things that you never thought possible. This will take you, believer, to the next level in your walk with God. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and every earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you may always, and under all circumstances, and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnishing in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I like this. Christ's sufficiency. We know where to go. When there's a need, lift it up to your Savior. Allow Him to work. Allow Him to move. Remain at rest, because He has done it. He has finished it for you. Believe. He is enough. Amen? But you know, it got me thinking about our expectation. Let me ask you, do you think we can expect too much from the grace and the favor of God in our lives? Do you think it's possible to expect too much? No. I don't think so. 
In fact, I think God wants us to depend on his grace and favor in our life. I think the moment that we stop expecting of ourselves and expect from his grace and favor is the moment that his grace floods us. Is the moment that we see so much more than we could see before. Let me propose to you that let's start to expect God's grace and his favor in every area of our life. It's good to have it in our financial life, yes. But let's not stop there. Let's have it in our relationships. Let's have it in our family life. Let's have it at work. Let's have it when we go to sleep. Let's let's take the limits off of what God's grace and favor can do in our lives. Amen? But here, here's the next question you might say. But what if I'm praying for that, that job? Or what if I'm praying for a certain relationship? And I'm saying, Lord... Thank you for your favor. I know your favor is going to cause me to, to be a, the head and not the tail. I know that when I walk into this job interview, I know when I walk in there today, I am favored of you. So you know what? We have an expectation that his favor is going to give us a positive outcome. But let me say to you, what, ha- what happens if the favor and the outcome that you're expecting doesn't happen? Did you expect too much from God's favor? The unexpected has happened. Let me submit to you that God's grace and favor never stops working in your life. There may be unexpected things happen in your life, but that does not mean God's grace and favor is not at work. You know what it actually means? It means it's going further than what you thought it was going to go. It means your expectation level is too small. It means if God didn't want you to have that job, it means he's got, he's got a better job. It means if God did not want you to have that relationship, it means he has a better relationship. It means if God did not want you to go to that place, it means he's setting you up to go to a better place. God's grace and favor will never stop working in your life. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop the, the, the power of God's grace and favor over your life. The only thing that can hinder it is our receiving. If we do not allow God to flow, how can he flow? But his favor and his grace wants to flow over us. Let's just receive and believe. Just like children. God, bring on your favor. Bring on your grace. I can't do this life on my own strength. I don't want to do it on my own strength anymore. Now let me say something. Grace and favor can partner together with excellence in your life. It's not an excuse for being sloppy. We don't just show up unprepared and say, God, thank you for your favor. That'll get you about that far. Be excellent at what you do. Enjoy what you do. And as you do that, grace and favor will come to empower you. But it's not an excuse. Will it be available? Yes. Will God, will, will God make up the difference? Yes, he will. He's that good. He's that kind. But don't just live your life being mediocre and trusting in something that's so great that if you were excellent, you could go so much farther and God could do so much more if he, if he could get you to get from a place of just, oh, that's enough for me. I'm good. You know what? We need to be expecting. We need to be expanding. That's why God is, is doing this in this house. He always wants us to be in a place where, you know what? What we have is not enough, yes, but we give everything we have, and then he gives us his grace and favor to get us far beyond what we could do on our own strength. Amen? Are you guys okay?
2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Somebody say now. now. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, I love this verse because we're working together with him. And you know what? We are not receiving the grace of God in vain. The only way we can do that is try to earn it ourselves. You know, he talks, Paul talks a lot about this. We don't try to earn something that God gave as a free gift to us through Christ. We don't think it's on our own merits, our own achievements, but we just stay in a place of receiving. We understand his place in our life. Amen. And as we do that, we need to always have an attitude every day. Today is the day. If the unexpected has happened, that's fine, God. Today is the day of your grace and favor. Maybe I won't see what I'm believing for today, but you know what? It's on the way. Today, your grace and favor are moving. Now is the time for for the plans and the purposes that you have over my life. Amen? Now is the day of salvation. You know, I want to share with you a story in 2 Kings um, chapter 5. It's a story about uh, a guy named Naaman. Okay, I don't know whether you've come across this story before, but I just want to pull some things out of here. But uh, you're going to see Elisha is the, the prophet of God in this story about Naaman. Okay, Elisha actually means, his name means God is salvation. And how many of you know salvation didn't just include our eternal eternity? It also included what we needed in the temporary. What Jesus did, it affects our everyday life. Yes, he took care of our eternal, but he also took care of the things that we need today. And so God being our salvation means what we need today, salvation is also available for today. Amen? So Elijah means God is salvation. But we pick up the story about Naaman in verse 1, okay? Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because of him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Okay, so we have a guy, his name is Naaman. He's a commander of the, ar- of the Syrian army. Okay, and he is, the Bible says, many great battles came as a result of this man. And he is very close to the king of Syria, to the highest person in that, that place, okay? So he's, he's a general in the army, all right? This is Naaman. But the Bible says he's a leper. Leprosy in these times, you know, in certain parts of the world, they were considered outcasts, okay? It was a shameful disease, something that people did not want to see. They didn't want to know anything about it. It was a shaming for the person that had it, okay? That's what Naaman has, Okay, now verse 2. It says, The Syrians had gone out on raids, and they had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. Verse 3, She said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, that's in Israel, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Now stop. We have a guy with leprosy. We have Syria, which is an enemy to Israel. We have Syria going out 
and coming back on little wars, and they come back with, the Bible says, a young girl. They bring the captive young girl. Another translation says little girl. They put her in the house, and she becomes a domestic helper in the house of Naaman. Okay, you're with me. Let me go on two little trails here. The first one is, it's amazing when you can allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate your path and you can see the the good works and the plans that God has for you, but it's something a whole nother amazing when you can be the illumination for someone else's path. You see, Naaman, he had a dark path and there wasn't much hope for him. He's a leper. But there came a young girl from a different place carrying a message of hope, a message of good news. And she was able to shine a light on something that he could not see if it was not for the young girl. I don't know where God has planted you. And maybe you are a domestic helper. Do not look down on what you're doing. God never plants anyone at a place if he doesn't have a reason for putting you there. It may not be your end destination, but let me tell you something. If you know the good news about what Jesus has done, don't be silent. At the right time when the Holy Spirit would lead you, you can illuminate for someone else. You can be a light in a dark place. You can be the Jesus that no one would ever hear or know about. You can be exactly like this young girl. Without it, Naaman is probably going to die of leprosy. But the young girl shows up. I don't think by accident. I think God had a plan. He needed to get a message, and so the young girl went there. And she didn't sulk. She wasn't down. She wasn't discouraged. She obviously just told exactly what she knew about the prophet of God. And guess what? We're going to see what happens. But let me take another vein here. Let's look at Naaman. Naaman is a man of high rank. He's a general. How easy would it have been for Naaman to disregard what the girl is saying? Ah, you're just a little girl. Oh, you're from another place. Our enemies are always crazy about their gods. He could have easily dismissed it. Sometimes the answers for what God is, uh, is, is trying to get into your life come in the form of somebody who we look over unexpectedly, the answer can come from places we never thought it would come from. Sometimes God will use messengers of the strangest sort to get a message to us that we needed, that we've been praying about. Never look over people that God brings into your life. Sometimes we bring the world's idea of hierarchical systems and backgrounds and all of these things. God can use the uneducated. He can use... Anyone who will believe, he will use their mouth, even if they don't believe, in fact, even use a donkey in the Bible. God can use anything. Don't discount it. God may be trying to speak to you. You know, I'm not saying swallow everything everyone says, but the Holy Spirit will illuminate. And when that happens, be obedient, because that means God wants to bring you to a higher place. He wants to bring you to a breakthrough. Amen. You guys with me? I think there's something good there. So she says, the girl says, the the man of God could heal, okay? So what happens? Naaman goes to the king of Syria. 
He says, the girl says thus and thus, meaning he, t- he repeated what the girl said. And he said, can you send me there to Israel? So what he does is he writes a letter for Naaman. Okay, and Naaman packs up his chariot. He goes on a journey to Israel. He hands the letter to the king of Israel. The king of Israel reads the story about the girl and the fact that he has leprosy. And the Bible says he tears his clothes. And he says, why are you here to fight a battle with me? But the man of God was listening. And he said, don't trouble yourself. Send him to me. Okay, so then we pick up the story. Naaman is now at the doorstep of the prophet of God's house. Ecclesiastes, uh, sorry. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots, and he waited at the door of Elisha's house. Now, what do you think is going through his mind right here? You think he has expectation? He's standing at the door of someone who's said can heal him from his condition. You think he has played this time out in his mind? I think he probably has. I think all of us know what it's like when we're standing at the door of something that we think is our breakthrough. We've already played it out in our mind. Let me tell you something. Be careful playing it out in your mind. Because God, you know, we, we, God is not a formula. God is a relationship. He's after a relationship with us. From the very foundation of the world. It's not some formula that we can, uh, you know, just repeat and then we'll get what we need from God. That's not it. He's after our hearts. He wants relationship with us. So Naaman stands at the door. says, verse 10, but Elisha sent a messenger out to him. So Elisha doesn't come. The man of God doesn't come. He, come. he sends a message. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, and then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. Now what do you think Naaman's thinking? Well, it says, verse 11, Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out and meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call in the name of his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and the Abana and the whatever river, but then any of the, aren't they better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why should I, wa- why should I wash in them and be, why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. I've been there, Naaman. It's okay. But the officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So, would you, so you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash and be cured. I think there's something about law and grace there. Our flesh likes to do hard things. It likes to work it out. It likes to earn things. But the best things of God can only be received. Simply go wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River, dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. The unexpected happened. But let me tell you something Naaman said, the prophet, I thought he was going to wave his hand and pray to his God. What if the pro- Let's just take this for a second. What if he would have waved his hand and the temporary condition of his skin, 
you know, the leprosy falls off. What if he does that? Does he even recognize that God is the healer? Because right then and there, he was not recognizing God. It was his God. It wasn't about that for Naaman. But after this whole thing, God was up to something way better. The word of healing was in the seed that the prophet sent with the messenger. It contained his healing. It was already done when the prophet spoke it. But God was after his his heart. And you see, when he went and washed in the Jordan River, he came out. If you continue to read the story, it says that Naaman knelt down that day and he praised the God of Israel. Not only that, he utters this phrase, wherever I worship, wherever my knees are, wherever I find myself worship, I will praise the God of Israel. That day, his temporary needs were met, but also he recognized the God of Israel. God is always up to something great in our lives. If the unexpected happens, if the delay happens, it's not a denial. It's a setup for something greater. It's because God is up to something in your life. Do not be discouraged today because of present circumstances in your life. Let me say it as a testimony in my life. I thought I was coming to the Philippines for three months. It's been a lot of three-month cycles now, almost seven years. Did I hear God wrong? No. Katie and I were talking about this. We heard God say, go to the Philippines for three months. But God had something so much greater in mind. We thought three months, it's still going. Who knows what God has? Amen? But you know what? If God would have told me in the beginning, you're going to the Philippines for seven years, I said, yeah, right. (laughs) It's not because I don't like you guys. I love you. But you know what? I would have said, no way. (laughs) You know what? If God showed you what he had for you, you might say, no way. But when you're living in it, there is nothing that compares. When you're doing things that you never thought possible, talking in front of people, oh, no way, God. Find someone else. Yeah, I probably said it before I came up here. But you know what? God, if it's your plan, bring it on. Bring on your grace and favor. Bring on your empowerment. It's not about me anymore. Life lived for myself. I don't want that anymore. God, I want your life. I want your good works. I want your plans and purposes. I don't want to just affect my life. I want to be able to reach out to other people, shine a light on their life, and help them see the good news about what Jesus has done. I want to be expanded. But if you're going to be expanded, you're going to have to allow yourself to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to allow yourself to walk through things that are unexpected. But boy, when you walk through an unexpected with God, you better expect because something greater is on the way. If there is an unexpected, then you expect the unexpected and you don't even know how good it's going to be. The plan and the purpose that God has for your life Oh, it'll be unexpected, but it'll be way better than you could have thought, dreamed, or imagined. So far beyond your wildest dreams, God will blow your mind. Let him lift the lid off of what you think he can do in your life. Let him blow the cap off of what you think the limits for you are. Today, dream again. If you dreamed dreams last week, dream bigger dreams this week. Don't stop in your want for expectation 
and get ready for unexpected. Embrace them. I love it when you, when you change the plan, God. You know, that's what I say now. Really? God, you changed the plan? All right. I'm going to get ready. Because if, if you didn't do what I know that you promised me now, I know when I get it, it's going to be greater. Come on, there's never a delay with God. He's always doing something. Preparation time in God's kingdom is never wasted time. God may be moving what you think is slow in your life. You may think that everyone is passing you by. That's a good indication that you're about to jump over everyone that's passed you by. Yeah, God is no respecter of persons, but he'll promote people around you to see where your heart is. To see whether what's most important to you in your life. He'll bring people that are not even praying for breakthroughs that you're praying for and they'll get the breakthrough. And you'll stand there and be like, God, they didn't even want that and I've been praying for that for years. It doesn't seem fair, right? But God's up to something so much bigger. He's got something so much greater. But he must expand us on the inside before expansion can happen on the outside. Let me share something with you that's really rocked my world. You know, when we first came here, Katie and I wrote out a list at the instruction of our pastors of things that we were believing God for in the first couple of years. We began to see God check many things off of our list. But one of the things that's amazing is there's still some things on that second list that we wrote that God has never checked off the list yet. And I, I know that he hasn't forgotten about them. And I know he's going to give them. But it's going to come at the right time. And you see, in the beginning, I was bitter about those things. I didn't understand God. But God has proven himself time and time and time again in my life. Unexpected things have happened. But it's always because something greater is coming. So if God is leaving that one till later, that means it's going to come in bigger and better form than I could have ever prayed for it, dreamed it, imagined it. Some of you need to dream again in this place. You need to begin to dream God dreams. Don't ever allow the things that happen in your life to discourage you from what God is doing in your life. He's moving. Amen. Just quickly, could you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to pray for those people. You may feel like life is weighing you down. You feel a weight, a burden. You feel discouraged. You feel like giving up. Now is not the time to give up. Now is the time to step forth, to step up, because God is ready to perform his word. So if you're in that place, can you stand up, please? Take a stand of courage and say, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop where I'm at. I'm not going to quit. God, I know you have something great for my life. No condemnation in this place. We've all been there. Life puts us in this place sometimes. Life's not fair. It tries to beat us up, but it cannot beat up the children of God. We will push back. We will regain the kingdom that he paid for. Jesus, I thank you for each and every person that's standing in this place. 
God, I thank you for the dreams, the things that even you hold in your hand that you know your children have been talking to you about. Uh, right now, I just, I speak the approval of heaven over each and every person in here. May you know that God is so proud of you. He's not done with you. May you feel his love and approval right now. Standing there in the midst of all the things that are going wrong. He loves you. He approves of you. He created you. He is not done with you. So we speak a breakthrough over each and every person in this place. Whatever has been unexpected in their life, we say a turning around. We say a finishing of those things that they are expecting, they are hoping, but not just at their level of expectation. God, blow their minds of what you will do. I pray for a strengthening right now, a strengthening to come on the inside to believe again, to be able to receive again the words of hope. I pray for where the heart has been calloused. I pray that you make it smooth and clean. I pray that you take out the things that have been causing you not to want to receive the words that have been spoken over you. And I also pray for a quickening of those things that have been spoken. The words that you know that are there, but you've been ignoring them. You've been saying, no, it's not possible. It can't happen. It's too late. God says, no, resurrect now. Now is the time. Now is the day. Pick it up again. Begin to believe again. Begin to receive again. Allow it to be planted again. It wants to bring forth life again. Allow the seed to be planted in your heart now. Now. Now I say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Receive it from heaven right now. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. Yeah, just as Gabe was speaking earlier, I just feel two things strongly in my heart. The first thing is this, that there's some people in here who, when he said this phrase, can you, do you think you can really expect too much from God? No, of course not. We can't, right? But when he said that, this jumped in my heart that there's some people in here today and you expect too much from yourself. See, we can't expect too much from God, but we can expect too much from ourselves and so for some people in here God wants to take that expectation it's misplaced because when we have such high expectations for ourselves we can never fulfill them it's not realistic we're always going to come up short but that expectation has to be shifted onto God we can never expect too much from him you can expect too much from yourself You can expect too much from other people, but you can never expect too much from Him. That's the first person, people. So Father, I just pray right now for anyone in here who you have such outrageously high expectations for yourself that are so unrealistic. Lord, I just thank you that right now there is a release. There is a release happening in the heart. That, that those expectations that you put on yourself, we just release those. 
and now you put them on to God. So I just speak that release, that release in your heart to let go and to let God. In Jesus' name. That's the first one. The second one is this. There's some people that you're still expecting for those things in your personal life, like Gabe was saying earlier. But you have stopped expecting that God can actually use you. You've stopped expecting that He could do something amazing through your life to affect other people. You're okay to expect that He can do these things for you, but you've stopped expecting that He could do something through you. You've disqualified yourself because you've done something or because of your limitations, your weaknesses. But God wants to remind you again, again today that you can expect again that He will use you because He will. There's no perfect people. There's, there's no way you can disqualify yourself from being used of the Lord. In fact, it's the places where we're weak, where His grace comes in and makes us strong. So if you've stopped believing that God could actually use you and do something amazing through your life to affect other people, I'm going to pray for you right now. If that's you, just receive this. Father, I just pray for people in here today that there's a part of them that's died because they've stopped believing that you could really use them to do something in the life of, lives of other people. And Lord, I just pray that that part of them, just like Gabe prayed earlier, it, it would just come back to life again. That they would begin to have vision in that place again. That they would begin to see themselves again as that tree bearing much fruit that others could partake of their lives. I declare that they are not disqualified because they never could qualify themselves. And if they never could qualify themselves and they can never disqualify themselves, I thank you, Jesus, that you are their qualification. And so I thank you for what you are going to do for them, but I thank you for what you are going to do through them. So I thank you for the grace to believe again, to be believe again and to see again to see again yourself blossoming and blooming and people partaking of the fruit of your life. So if that's for you, I speak that over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, just bow your heads real quickly. We never want to leave this place without giving those of you that have never made Jesus the Lord of your life an opportunity to make the decision for Him today. He wants to be the Lord of your life. No matter what you have done, no matter what has brought you in here today, good or bad, you need to know something. He loves you, and he'll never give up on you. So today you can make him the Lord of your life. If you would like to respond to him today, just raise up your hand. Just to, uh, You're not raising your hand to me, but raising your hand to your Savior Jesus. Just making the, the You're just raising your hand to say, I want to receive you, Jesus, into my life today. Is there anyone at all that wants to receive Jesus? Well, if you're raising your hand right now, you can put your hand down now. We see some raising your hands, or if you're on the fourth floor, the important thing is that Jesus sees your hand and he knows that your heart is responding to him. So pray this prayer, congregation, with those that are praying it for the first time. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I see that you died on the cross for me, that you shed your blood for me. I see that I am forgiven washed clean 
I thank you for this new life. Today, Jesus, I make a decision to make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.